Welcome. My name is Jean Gallagher, financial advisor, founder of Seaside Solutions, and founder of Discover Rising Tides. Welcome to show 31. We're going to call it 31A, and it's a special segment today on Discover Rising Tides, How the Outside Makes the Inside Better, where we explore the importance of the outdoors and maintaining life balance. And through this series, we typically do talk with women business owners that understand their journey, and today we're turning the tables a little bit. And um, so first, let me, oh, before we get that far, um, you're also, as normal, going to be hearing from Lynn Schuster-Williams, author and coach, and her segment, Rising Up. But first, I'm going to introduce our guest, who is actually going to be the host, Gage Bach. Hi, Gage. Hi, Jane. Hi, everyone. So Gage, let me read her bio and then we'll, we'll uh, get going here. Uh, Gage Christine Bach is a professional coach who works with courageous, creative, and out-of-the-box leaders and artists who are ready to see what they're capable of creating in the world. With a master's degree in spiritual psychology, a diverse array of leadership, ex leadership experience, and a background in nature-based soul work, and 10 years of coaching experience, she blends the practical elements of goal achievement, leadership skills, and effective communication with a keen emotional intelligence. Trickery. Did I say that right? Trickery. Trickery. Trick oh, there's an S in there. Trickery. Trickery, humor, and creative prowess. Her specialties include helping clients get clear view on their why and then going out and living that why in the world. And when she's not coaching, she can be found running, reading, wandering in nature and making some creative thing up in the Northern coast of California. And I am, I'm excited. And also I'm a little nervous because I'm not going to be in control here. And I, um, I want to just take a moment because typically when I have a guest, it's about talking about their business. And I just want to talk to you about yours for two seconds, because you are my business coach. And I am very proud to have you here. Mm. and uh, you are amazing so um at some point in time I'd like to switch the switch it the way it's supposed to be and have you as a guest because I think that your skill as skills as a coach you've made me realize some incredible things over the last four and a half five months that we've been talking and we've known each other we've had interaction for a few years in the past as well so I want to thank you for your insight and mm. how you've helped me well, Jane, it's a real honor to be here with you today and to get to be in the table's turn position and get to be interviewing you on your own podcast. So um, I'm really excited to be diving in with, with you here today. Good. Well, thank you. Thank you. There's not many people that I'm going to trust and give up the controls <laughs> to ask me questions. So <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Wow. Are you ready? Are you ready to do this? I think this? so. I think so. Uh, I think we're good. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So what I would love to ask you, and I would, I think the viewer, your podcast people would love to know too, is like, tell, tell us, tell me about your background. Hmm. So it's always been people front in front of people and um, customer service based. Um, I started in the restaurant business oh so long ago, as many people, many people start their careers in some sort of food service but I stuck with it for a long time. And um, my husband and I ran a couple of um, small, ran an inn and a restaurant in, in Maine. And I'm from Maine originally, displaced a little bit out here in California, but um, the, the, heart, the heart's still in Maine. And so through 
a long period of time in uh, the restaurant business. He was the back of the house. I was the front of the house. And then uh, we transitioned to, we had young kids, right? And restaurant business and young kids is a tough combination. So we, we made the transition out of the restaurant business, but then I transitioned into what sounds horrendous, but it was really the most impactful thing that I've done is I worked for a credit card company in New England for um, tw almost 12 years. And it was, it was empowering, it was educational, and it really taught me the basis of customer service. And over every single doorway, it said, think of yourself as a customer. And, and that, that really stuck with me. Um, and then we, we made a transition to um, some warmer climates after our kids uh, grew up and ended up in Florida for what was supposed to be a short stint, and it was 10 years. And that's where I started uh, financial services. So I want to pause you because I what you just said about that thing that you saw over the door at the credit mm -hmm. card place, like think of yourself as a customer. How, what was impactful about that for you? Everything. Um, you know, our, our take on credit, the credit card business is, in, it could be a whole nother conversation, right? But the company itself, um, when I worked with MBNA and you talk with many people that worked within the company, how, um, how it changed our lives because uh, complacency was devastating. One of the sayings that was on the walls, there were there are quotes on all the walls and all of the campuses um, all over New England and Delaware. And um, in there, there, are, there are expectations. There was expectations that the customer comes first. So there was expectations that people should be empowered to take care of the customer. And the customer and any document that was written internally had a capital C on purpose because they were the reason that we were there. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just a different outlook that you have from most businesses and especially in the corporate world. You know, through this podcast, I've talked with many people that have transitioned from corporate to entrepreneurial and um, everybody's experience in the corporate world is very different. And it's it was hard, but it was different because they expected us to do the right thing, which, you don't always hear in a corporate environment and I and the do the right thing is really important. Yeah. So, so help explain to us how from that, that credit card job to mm -hmm. your, to financial services, like what did that transition look like and take us up to today? <laughs> Rough. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, whenever you're leaving the structure of a, a job, of a, a job, you have a structure, you have somebody that's telling you what you're supposed to do, even if you're in a management position, as I was at times, there, there are people that set your expectations and you have deliverables that you know that you need and you're, you're, um, you're requiring deliverables from others as well and delegating. And so when you leave the structure of a corporate job and you go to a, uh, you open your own business, then the only person to tell you what to do is yourself. Mm. <laughs> there are. So as I was, um, the last guest that I had, Erin Marcus, she talked about working without bumpers, right? And that's exactly what it was a great, it's a great um, statement that creates a wonderful picture because truly when you're self-employed, 
you're creating your own bumpers and you're making your own rules, but you're only, you're only as successful as the work that you put into it. And so for me, the transition was very different. So the conversations that I have with clients are similar to the conversations that I had then too, because it is really about learning and listening and learning how to talk with people and also learning when not to talk and let them let them talk. Um, so that, that part was similar, but the transition to becoming self-employed was really very different because it was unknown waters. I had never done anything like that before, and I didn't know anybody. So a lot of times when you start your own business, you have a warm market to work with. So that warm market helps you meet one person that will lead you to another, that will lead you to another. And and that's something that I didn't have. So that was that was a challenge. Tell us about what you're doing today with people, how you're working with them. I love to teach and I love to learn about everybody's situation because it's inspiring, even when they're going through difficult times, because the the story that they tell is so important. Um, to them, right? And into my ability to assist. And it's almost like putting together a puzzle where you're asking questions and you're deciding there, there's no script. And I don't have a checklist because if I had a checklist for you and then I use that same checklist for the next person, it really wouldn't be appropriate because your questions are different for in situation is different from theirs. So it's, it's really like a blank canvas. And so I'm asking questions and I'm, and I'm listening. And I think the hardest part for me was to learn how to listen mm. and learn how to be quiet and ask questions versus tell. And I think a lot of times people when they're having a conversation, or maybe if it's more of an A personality, <laughs> you're telling people things and, and because you want them to know what's right for them. And so, but if you're telling them, they're not necessarily absorbing the concept. And it's so important that you, you ask questions and then you listen. And then instead of have you ever, when you've talked to people, you know, you, you ask a question and in the back of your head, you're thinking about the next question you're going to ask, but you're not listening to what they're saying. That was a really hard thing for me to learn, to not worry about what my next response was going to be, but to actually listen, to determine what my next response would be based on what they just said. And what's helped you to slow down enough to like really do that listening? suck a few times <laughs> right like all so, of us yeah yeah right exactly yeah so so when you, I think self-reflection when you when you come out of a conversation and you realize well you know I should have asked this or I don't know the answer to this now I have to go back and I have to ask this question because I have a void of information that will make a difference in my decision or my recommendation hmm. so I think that the ability to look at how did that go and what could I have done better? But also sometimes listening to feedback, good or bad, I think is really important too. Or the challenge is asking for feedback. That's always mm. uncomfortable because you don't know what's going to come at you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's something I really hear is, you know, that thread from that credit card company you worked at that said, think of your, think of your customer as yourself. Think of, think of yourself as a customer. As yourself as a customer. I hear that thread kind of having 
it's like you pulled it through to mm -hmm. how you are with your your clients today. And I don't know if you said it, maybe I didn't hear it. And I don't know. I'm not sure if your listeners know, what do you do today? How are you working with people today? Well, today I'm a financial advisor. I've been a financial advisor for about 17 years and, or something like that. Uh, a lot of years. It's a lot of years <laughs> for a couple of days here and there. And so really my job is to do just that. My job is to determine where people are, where they want to be and what, and then to make a plan that's going to help them get from point A to point B. And a lot of times they're not quite sure where point B is going to be. So that's almost the fun part is that we get to figure it out together because it's, it's not just me saying here, this is what you need to do. It's me saying, Hey, what do you want? What's really important? Why? But also why is that important? And how does that, how does that figure into where you are and how does that affect what you're willing to do between now and then to get there? I make up, that's where that listening piece comes in really uh, strongly or important. Um, you know, also I'm so curious because I don't think you and I have really talked about this in our coaching, but what's for you, what's your, what's your why? Like why help people in this way? What's important about that for you? It feels good. Hmm. It's, it's a lot of fun because I, I, I really enjoy talking to people and that's kind of where this whole podcast thing came from. And we'll talk about that eventually too. But I, I just, I think that it's, um, I'm not an eight to five person. I never have been. Maybe it's because the restaurant business ruined me for that. Um, I like the flexibility of working when I want, when I want. And, and I, I don't like to be pigeon, pigeonholed into anything, but I also don't like to have a repetitive response job, right? So every day that I talk to a client is different because the conversations are different. Mm -hmm. the, the work in the background is very much the same, but the, the conversations that I have with people are very different. And I know that if, you know, if, if I'm having a hard day, you know, being an entrepreneur, there's this picture that I saw of being an entrepreneur and it's, and it's this graphic and, you know, the day of an entrepreneur at eight or nine or whenever your day starts, it's right here. But then all of a sudden it dips down because something goes wrong and then, and then something good happens and then something bad happens, you know, and it's this up and down, up and down until the end of the day. And, you know, quite often if whether things are going well, or you're just having some challenging times, I know that if I have a conversation with a client and we have, we get into these kinds of discussions, it makes my day better. It helps remind me of what my why is. Hmm. You know, as you're speaking, Jean, I can really hear that um, the word I'm going to use is passion that you have mm -hmm. for helping other people to hear the natural curiosity you have about learning about them and hearing their stories and, and then to help them kind of even get clear on where they want to go in the future and help them to create that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think so. And and also what I, that does is it builds relationships. And the relationship part is really important because when you're talking to people about money and finances, um, it can be uncomfortable. It can be vulnerable. And there has to be a certain level of trust or comfortability for that person to be comfortable asking a question of me about something 
And in credit, because quite often people say, well, that's, I have a silly question. Well, there are none because every question is important. And when, um, when people, a lot of people don't understand how their money works. So asking a question about something so personal and they don't understand creates a level of vulnerability and they have to be comfortable asking that question. And that's where the relationship building piece helps so that they're, they're comfortable saying, hey, you know, I don't even understand that. Can we, can we talk about that for just a second? So something I'm making up is that you have learned to get really good at helping people feel comfortable in vulnerable conversations. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, you know, in the beginning, I wasn't, right? So in the, and whenever anybody starts anything, they're not as well-versed as after they've done it, you know, year after year. And it's, it's one of the things that, and I didn't realize in the beginning that that would be the most gratifying piece. Hmm. The learn, the, the listening or the helping people open up. Yeah. All of that. Right. Exactly. Just like the conversation parts, I wouldn't have expected sometimes, you know, if I look back, I'm not surprised, but I wouldn't have expected that that would be the best part. Mm, that's so cool. Mm. So because you just mentioned the podcast a couple minutes ago, can we transition to talking about sure. discover rising tides? We can. All right. So why, why discover, why do you have this podcast discover rising tides? Well, Fred in the background um, had bugged me for years that I should have a podcast. I'm like, what are you crazy? I don't have time for that. And then, and then, um, then I started thinking about doing something and doing something, you know, from the heart or doing something that's important and whether people want to listen or not, that would be great if they do. But um, so I, I really batted a few things around and, and in the very beginning stages, I know you remember, um, I pulled you and um, one of my other mentors, my uh, yoga teacher from, from where I live here, Julie Moore, and, you know, two, two people that, that I trust that will give me direct feedback, good or bad, right? Positive or challenges. And also, and it was an interesting conversation because neither one of you knew each other. And so I popped you into, because it was COVID and I popped you into a Zoom screen so the three of us could have a conversation. And I just really wanted to have some thoughts from both of you that I, you know, that I immensely respect. And do, do we have something here? Is this something that might work? And in the beginning, it wasn't really a podcast concept either. It was a, I think I want to do something and here's what the platform might look like. I kind of tossed a website together and I really don't know which was, I put a bunch of pictures that were important to me together on a website. <laughs> I think I have something. And then, and then, you know, meeting with Fred and Michelle a few times um, from Mediavine and just getting some, throwing some concepts around it turned into Discover Rising Tides. And then, so there's the platform or the name of a platform and then what do you do with it? And so we had some kind of throwing some ideas around about, well, what would be topics of a podcast? And 
you and I had, a, I, I think you had emailed me or something. And I was like, oh my God, I need to talk to you anyways. Or something happened like that. And I, and I said, you know, I've got to figure this thing out. And you just, because you're really good at asking questions, you asked me a lot of questions. And all of a sudden, this concept of how the outside makes the inside better just bloomed out of wherever it was hiding. And there so we want- are. I want to pause you and ask you about that because I know the tagline for your podcast is how the outside makes the inside better. Mm-hmm. Will you tell us or tell me about what is that for you? What does that mean? Everything. <laughs> yeah. So being outside is really important. And I think too, it helps when, um, when things are tough you know, when business is hard, um, I know that I haven't been outside. When I go outside, business is better. Mm. And in, in so, that, but what's interesting is defining what outside is because sometimes it's taking a book and just sitting outside and doing nothing. And sometimes it's a, a good hike. So, or somewhere in between. And then, um, you know, I, one of the things that I struggled with in Maine, and I grew up in Maine between, in New England, between Maine and New Hampshire, and we raised our kids there. And one thing that w- was always a struggle is when winter came. And when winter came, if you didn't shift yourself into the mentality of being outside in the winter, or like when I was working at MBNA and we worked, you know, I worked six, six days a week at times, and you go to work in the dark and you come home in the dark, And then Saturday, if it wasn't sunny out, there was no sunshine or you just didn't get outside. And so now it's a whole week where you haven't been outside and it just feels difficult. Hmm. So um, translate that many years later and the pattern's really still the same. So for me, my success is how do I take care of myself in my business? Because then again, it is, I'm a sole practitioner on purpose um, intentionally rather than working for a large firm. I want to, I want to make my own rules. And so I really want to be outside and to manage myself and under, but I had to learn that. I didn't realize how important it was until you go through a deficit of, or you're inside a ton, or you're just not taking care of yourself. And then you realize that, you know, there's a downward spiral that happens. Yeah. So when you say outside, Mm-hmm. I'm, I assume, but don't let me assume because I don't like to assume you mean nature. Do you mean nature outside? Yes. In- but, it, but, it, but that's my answer. And that's the great, that's a great piece of this because the definition is so broad for so many people. But go ahead. <laughs> Two good listeners trying to talk with each other. What do you, what do you, personally, what I want to ask is what's your personal relationship with nature like, or what do you get from it? The outside? Um, I get what it gives and, and it depends on what I need. Right. So sometimes, so for me, um, mountains, trees, and water and sand, those are the things that I need. This is the most inland I've ever been in my whole life for any length of time. We've, I'm in Auburn, California, so I'm a couple hours from the ocean. 
there, there is water, there, is, there are rivers, which the water's there, um, but there's mountains. And what I was interesting was when we were, um, when, when we first moved here, um, it led me to the woods. And I realized that the woods was doing as much rejuvenation as the sand and the water always has done for me. So just understanding what's available and, you know, I'm grateful to live where we do because I do have the ability to get outside as easily where, you know, um, and I, and I don't do well in, I don't do well with a lot of tar in cities. <laughs> I know that for sure. <laughs> a, lot nice to visit. a lot of tar in cities, <laughs> nice to be there. Nice to visit, but I need to, I can't. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. That's clear. I just can't. <laughs> What's one of the, you know, I, I know from our conversations that you do spend a lot of time outside and, and I, and how important that is to you. Can you think of, or, or what is one, let's say lesson that you've taken or received from your time outside, from your relationship with nature that you, that actually applies to your business? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think, I think realizing that if I need this, what do the people that I'm talking to need? And, 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 for, and it's not gonna be outside for everybody, right? But it is about, um, for some people it's communication between themselves. Maybe that's the piece that's missing. And there's a, where's the disconnect? if there is a disconnect at all, or, you know, if, if somebody is really focused and worrying about one particular area, how are they, how are they recentering themselves in order to be able to step back and take a look and see from, from afar, you know, that maybe they're either off base or not centered and, it's, it's, it's difficult to put into words, but um, I think figuring out what's important for me to be more balanced has helped me when I'm dealing with people and maybe recognizing some things. Though I am not a psychologist, I am not educated in any of those places or a marriage mediator, but you know, <laughs> all those things come into play. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, I, one of the things that I love about you and working with you, Jean, is your, is that curiosity and that deep listening that, that, and that, that time for self-reflection that, that you take. And again, I make up that the people that you get to talk with, or that get to talk with you every day, you're offering this, like this time for reflection in whatever ways that is important to them and helping them to really kind of dig down and like what's most important for you around their money or around money and then what that means for their future. Yeah, but I also don't want to mislead people because taking time is hard. <laughs> um, and I don't meditate well. So don't, I don't want people to think that, oh, I've got it all going on because I certainly don't. And so being quiet is really difficult for me. And so that's, it's a challenge, right? So um, I, th I think that sometimes it's the hard things that we really need the most, but, um, but it's, 
being outside does bring that peace of, and there's sometimes where it is, like I said, just sitting and reading a book outdoors, or sometimes it's doing something more physical or just going for a walk. But, um, but sometimes it's difficult to get out there. And that's part of the challenge because, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll work hard. I'll, I'll, all of a sudden it'll be a 10 hour day and I'll realize that I haven't even opened the window. So I had, those are the times that you just have to realize that, or I'll notice it the next day. That's usually what happens for what a really else? long day. And then the next day I'm like, oh, this is, this isn't working well. <laughs> well, no wonder. <laughs> and in those moment, moments, what helps you actually just, okay, I need to get outside. I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling um, dragged down. Mm or I'm feeling unfocused and, or I, I can't seem to scratch anything off the to-do list because I just may be scattered. And so I have to do something. I have to step away in order to be more focused when I come back. So this kind of leads me into my next question. I have these two questions. They're like burning desire questions. And, and, and one is, you know, you've worked with people for 17 years in this capacity of um, helping them plan for their, their future financially. Mm -hmm. um, what are maybe one to three tips that you'd give to someone um, that maybe was just starting off thinking about their, their money, their finances, and, and how to plan for their future? Have somebody to talk to that's impartial. Um, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to say, I don't understand, or I don't know what that is. And um, do things one step at a time, but figuring out what those steps are, that's where it's important to have somebody to um, sit down with, to align the steps. Because a lot of people think we're going to do a little here and a little here and a little here. And now all of a sudden it's, it's, there's no focus. And so when there's no direct focus, that also means that you're probably not checking off a, a win. And so mentally, you know, it's like dieting and exercise. It's very similar. You know, if you're, um, it's hard, it's hard to change your habits in the first couple of weeks. It's like the honeymoon. You're really excited and things go well. And then after week two or maybe week one, everybody's different. It's just drudgery and getting past it to become a habit is, is the, is the hard part, but there has to be, you have to have you have to have some sort of self-recognition of, oh, I did this well, not, oh, I can't do this. So if you're always looking at it as a negative, it's always going to be a negative and you're not going to be able to overcome. But if you can identify and play games with yourself, oh, here's a little six, here's a little win here, here's a little win there and start to be able to check the boxes that were pre-planned it's going to be easier to see the next step, but also see the results. And I think that people don't understand or don't recognize the small things enough to, because the small things add up to the big things. Yeah. And I hear you talking about kind of habit, habit change almost, you mm -hmm. know, and some, what, what, what's a tip that you would give for someone that is kind of creating this new muscle around creating a new habit? Be kind to yourself and how you, how you talk to yourself about the new habit. And because I think that we can be very negative on ourselves as we're going through. So it's, it's important to, to listen to your self dialogue 
Mm. But also is, is the thing that you're, is the goal that you're attempting, how big is it? And are you trying to do the whole thing at once? Or can that, or can that goal be broken down into smaller steps? So then again, you can accomplish in order the each thing individually and celebrate that. You sound like the perfect coach to have, to help, to walk with the right person down this path. And you know, this maybe should come at the end, but I want to ask now, are you, are you open to having conversations with people around? Absolutely. And do people know how to find you easily? And if not, how how can people find you? Well, let's figure that out. Um, (laughs) So as I would tell people, we'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Great. Um, yeah. So um, people can reach out to me in a couple of different ways from the Discover Rising Tide piece. So if you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you're a women business owner and you utilize the outdoors in any way, I'd love to talk to you about your journey and talk about where you've, you know, how you started, where you are and, and what gets you there and in what, what helps you stay balanced. And so you can reach out to hello at discoverrisingtides.com. Um, and if it's on the financial services side, I would love to talk to anybody that's, that has questions. And, um, uh, my website is seasidesolutions.net and, uh, my email address is jgallagher at seasidesolutions.net. You can reach out to me there too. Awesome. And we'll put it in the show notes. Oh, great. Always (laughs) in the show notes. Can I ask you one more question? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know, because if the and last questions you already asked me are really uncomfortable every single time. But, but yeah, well, you've been doing a great <laughs> job of answering them. The last one is really what's what's next for you on your journey? That's that's kind of that's an interesting question. So that's pretty fun. Um, so last year and I don't know where this will take us, but last year, my husband and I purchased a piece of land in Maine because we need to be home for at least sometimes. And so he's there now. And um, next year, we're going to build a barn. So So that's all I talk about is going to build a barn. (laughs) Um, So barn building next year. And so we'll have a place to go um, off season. It's not we're not moving full time. But it's nice to be able to have something that's ours there. And we're for a while for now, we're in California, our family's out here too. So what does it look like? Um, I have a, I'm going to be doing this for a very long time. Um, I've mentored with finance, more mature financial advisors <laughs> uh, that are in a, that are in the the uh, different season of, of their business, and to understand what does that look like as we transition from working hard to continue to support our client base. And so I have, um, I'm very fortunate in this career because you don't have to retire. I can still do what I'm doing. And so I plan to be doing this for a very long time because it's incredibly fulfilling. Hmm. Well, you know, the world is luckier and better off for us having you in it. So thank you for how you show up with, for your clients and how you showed up and answered these questions today. I really appreciate getting to talk with you and thank you for letting me ask you some questions on your oh, podcast. No, I'm glad. I'm, I, uh, I'm glad that it was you and I made the choice on purpose. And so I, um, if anybody needs a business coach, I would like to put your contact information in the show notes too, if I may. No problem. Be- 
because you are amazing and um it's it's been a good year and a lot of it has to do with your guidance so thank you for thank you for asking me questions and thank you for being here today too mm, thank you jean blessings <laughs> One. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Jean. So happy to be here. Oh, as always, I'm so excited to have you here and, and looking forward to your message today in today's segment of Rising Up. Well, you know, uh, a few weeks ago, Jean, we talked about the colors in nature and how they really can inspire us and and lift us up to get energized by noticing all the different colors and landscapes around us. Well, recently, I kind of tuned in to another sensory element in nature, the music of nature. Mm. So here in Kentucky, where I live, this time of year, the, the nature is kind of screaming at us with all the beauty and all the stuff. And I was sitting on my front porch recently and that's when this music of nature kind of hit me. It was, it was just beautiful. There was rain, there were birds, there was even, and I live in an urban environment, even with the sounds of the city, the wind, the bees, the bugs, the, it just was all around me. And so amazing to kind of tune into and, you know, in in an urban environment to be able to walk out my front door, sit on my porch and, and get that renewal, get that connection to what's going on with the power and the energy of nature was just phenomenal. And, you know, when I talked about color, it's easy to take color for granted. It's easy to take the sounds around us for granted. It's easy to take nature for granted if we're you know, so busy in our lives. So I just really want to encourage everyone to think about how you're going to plug in to what nature has to offer you, whether it's color where you are, sounds, the music of nature. Just let's tune in a little bit, Jean, and see what we see and get curious about what that has to offer us to help us rise up. Oh, Lynn, I love that. And, it, and, and it's so easy to do. And in all of these outdoor activities, everybody feels like they have to have the best shoes, the best equipment. <laughs> and all we need to do is just to step outside right? and listen, we have everything that we need to make the inside better. That's it. That's it. 